0: you're You're listening listening to the the thousand hills Hills Podcast. podcast thank you for joining us for this episode of the thousand hills podcast where we seek to help mindful theology become powerful faith in this episode we'll be talking all about evangelism about what our fears might be what our mindset should be and about how we can stand firm in our duty to bring the gospel to every nation and tongue where do i even start when talking to someone about christ Really good question. If you don't know where to start, you never will. Here's the truth, guys, keep it simple. If you're talking with somebody, there's a good chance you have a relationship with them. The number one thing, the number one reason why someone will listen to you, when you give them advice about anything in life is because you have shown clearly to them that you care about them and that they matter to you. I'm not gonna take advice from someone who I've never really met and hung out with, right? I'm not gonna take advice about workout regimens or about how to play certain songs or anything like that if I'm not sure that they A, know what they're doing or B, even care about what happens to me. But if I know they've truly invested in my life and if we've grown together, then there's going to be inherent value in hearing it from them. Even if I 110% disagree initially, I'm still gonna be willing to listen. So I promise you guys that if there are people in your lives that you've built those relationships with, They're going to be at least willing to give you the time of day if you've shown them what Christ is really like, if you've shown them that you care about them, that you're actually legitimately concerned with their souls. If you have shown that you're willing to take a bullet for them, they're willing to listen about what gives you that strength of character, what gives you that strength and willingness to pour yourself out on their behalf and who has poured himself out on your behalf. Our relationships and our testimony will be the greatest agent and opening for us to speak the gospel into the lives of others someone said my overthinking builds up fears that i'm too afraid to go up to somebody and just talk about how i can be a better christian or just talk about his words i, I love this because isn't it so true a lot of times we sit down and go who am i i'm, I'm not the perfect christian i'm not a perfect person I mess up constantly. Who am I to correct to this person, right? Who am I to tell this person, well, this is how it's supposed to be when I don't have it together. Now, there's a clear differentiation be made here though. There's a difference. If you are telling other people how to be more like you, you're correct. Don't tell them that because you're not there yet. But if you're telling people to be more like Christ, who has absolutely made it, who's absolutely perfect, who's absolutely love and goodness personified, then you're not telling them to just pull it together like you have. You're telling them that there's someone who wants to help make a difference in their life and to join you in the process that you're going through. There's a truth here, and it's a trendy thing. We're all on journeys. Some people misuse that. The truth is, though, that, yeah, we're all supposed to be walking the same direction as Christians towards Christ, towards acting, looking like Christ. Loving others like Christ, holding to the standard of Christ, conforming to the image of Christ. And we should be walking alongside each other in this pursuit. This room is a wonderful picture of that. We have one church, two church, three churches, four churches maybe here represented tonight. Maybe five. I'm looking at you, camera. Why would we fellowship together? What do we have in common? pursuit of Christ we recognize that we're on the same path moving towards the same goal hoping to accomplish the same ends therefore we can fellowship so when we're inviting people we're not inviting them to just act like me look like me dress like me you're inviting them to walk alongside you towards the destination that you're trying to get to you're trying to lead them towards Christ and he is perfect and he is holy And he is absolutely someone who can tell them some things need to change because he knows best and because he lived in the exact same way, that perfection that we are trying to attain through his blood and by following that example. Not that we're not gonna sin, but at the same time, we're trying to follow that example as best we can and knowing that his grace will cover when we mess up. Final one, I've been scared to talk to people about God because what if I mislead them? That's a really um, beautiful thing. We don't want to do harm. If we're sharing Christ, our heart should not be to promote something that is going to harm them. We want to help them. Here's the truth. Just like Christ wants to have a relationship with us, we want to have a relationship with these people. And that means being honest with them if you point them towards Christ, you're not misleading them. And if they ask questions that you don't have the answers to, well, be honest. That is the best thing to do in that relationship is be honest. I don't know the answer to that question, but I know where we can find that answer and turn them towards the word of God. Turn them towards a pastor or a more knowledgeable Christian. Ask a friend to come alongside you and help minister to them who might have more insight on that topic. Our big challenge is not getting them to the final destination. Our big challenge is getting them to take that first step. If we can have them take that first step, I promise you that Jesus will help to get them the rest of the way. Because oftentimes it is not the final destination that we struggle with, it is the first step. Hannah, let's bring up our slides again. Let's look at Matthew 28. Verses 19 and 20. Our action of helping to lead others towards him, towards Jesus, is not just a hobby or a good idea. It's also something that we've been told to do by Christ. In truth, it is the purpose as to why we're still here. See, if Jacob got saved why didn't God just take him to heaven if that's where he was going to end up? Why didn't Jacob just pray and then poof? Why didn't Hugh just pray one night and God knew it was genuine and it was going to last the rest of his life and just poof, you're in heaven? Well, because that would be great for you and I'd be very envious of you because that'd be a wonderful thing. Never having to struggle again. He has a task for you. Truly, we're not on earth for us anymore. When we accept Christ and begin to walk in our Christianity boldly, we surrender our lives to another purpose. What is that purpose? Let's read about it. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's pretty cut and dry, isn't it? It's a pretty easy thing to understand. Christ is telling us that when you join this team, here's our mission. Here's what we're aiming to do, right? It's a funny thing to watch a Christian ask what the purpose of their life is. Because while you have an individual calling, there are some things that are universal to every Christian, and this is one of them. It's like using different styles to accomplish the same goal, right? Right? But you never see a UFC fighter get in the ring and go, what am I supposed to do? Right? If they got in the ring, well, they're supposed to kind of know what they're there for, fighting. Now, what does that fight look like? I don't know. Maybe they're going to take it to the ground and use some jiu-jitsu. Maybe they're a striker, right? Maybe they're going to throw in some flying knees and kicks. I don't know. But the end is still the same. The job is still the same. Knock the other dude the heck out. Our styles will look different. Who we're called to will look different. Our giftings will look different and our impact will look different. Those are the things to pray about. But our job is very clear. Move ahead. Save others. Preach the gospel and live it. Now that's a really high bar. (laughs) It's a scary thing. Even if you know your job, that initial point in which you jump into the ring to fight someone else is scary. Taylor, you you watch UFC, right? Sometimes. Sometimes. How do the fighters look when they get up this close to each other <laughs> right they're pumping themselves up because they know what's about to come is going to be violent it's going to suck a little and even if they win there's going to be some battle scars so you see guys kind of bouncing they're sitting there, it's like, Arr. okay when you see championship boxers get into the ring how do they act they sit there and they're sizing the dude up and they're waiting And they tap gloves for respect. And when they come out to fight, they're kind of like jabbing, but staying real careful to feel out how much can this guy do and what is he going to try to do to me, right? There's still a scary element to that because the job is large. Knocking out another championship boxer, submitting another talented UFC fighter is a huge task. Our task is huge. Christ never said it was going to be easy to do this job. But he does give us this in Acts chapter 1. Before his ascension, these are his words, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. These words include us, guys. That's what we're doing. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand looking at the sky? There's a job to do. Go. Clock's runner. This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. God has given us aid in this fight. Jesus here is speaking of that helper being the Holy Spirit, right? He's saying that one-third of the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one-third of them is with us and around us and in us. We're not expected to win this fight alone. See, I don't think that UFC fighter would be quite as nervous if there's like three other of his buddies in the ring who are also fighters, right? Four-on-one sounds much better. I don't think that boxer is going to be quite as nervous if he knows there's like a bunch of people just waiting to jump the other dude in the ring as soon as he turns their back on them. The truth is that our job, as scary as it is, is not a solo mission. God is going to give you the strength and the words and the opportunities if you're looking for them and if you will receive them. God has sent us into the world not to be silent. He told us to speak life into the lives of the dead and to resurrect them from that spiritual deadness. And he will be with us as we do it. So when we stare down the prospect of having to speak with someone who is not saved, what we should be doing is praying. Again, a talented boxer does not just come in swinging. They wait and look for their hole, the gap in the defense. The hand that's just a little too low, that's going to stay open for that punch, that knockout. Hands that are a little too high, expose their ribs so they can do some damage. We're not just supposed to go out there and be like, Jesus, Jesus, have have you heard about Jesus? Hey, be tactful. Look for the windows that God has given you. Look for those opportunities. Build those relationships intentionally so that one day you may reap the opportunity to speak into their lives, right? Don't just go out there and be like screaming on the corner, honking that horn. There was a guy in Whittier, back where I used to live. You remember this guy? His horn just said, Jesus, Jesus. And he would just go around honking everywhere. And it was really annoying because you do like at a gas station while he's sitting there filling his your tank. And you're just like stuck next to him. He's like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Cool, dude, but now you're kind of a weirdo. <laughs> I don't know if anyone necessarily wants to speak to you at this moment while you're honking at them in traffic. Be intentional with what you do and really be in that mindset. Pray. Pray and look. Wait for those opportunities. Ask that God open those doors for you, ask Him to make you alert. Sometimes it's not even someone that you know. Sometimes we overlook opportunities in grocery stores and Dutch Brothers drive throughs and things like that because we're just not really looking for it, right? When you're looking for something, you're much more likely to find it. So you have to make sure, A, that you're willing to take that opportunity and jump through that gap. B, we should be studying our Bibles and preparing for that conversation so we can answer those questions well. But C, we should be equally willing to share our testimonies because that oftentimes is the most powerful thing. Again, we share a lot of the same lacks as people. Number four, have that radar dish going. Look for those opportunities. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to listen to more messages like this, you can find us on Spotify and iTunes by searching for Thousand Hills Podcast. Thank you for listening to and supporting this ministry of Thousand Hills Church.